Okay, Joshua 24, 13 through 15. All right, it says this. I have given you a land for which you did not labor. This is the Lord speaking. And cities which you did not build, and you dwell in them. And you eat of the vineyards and olive groves which you did not plant. This is a picture of grace in the Old Testament. Now, therefore, fear the Lord. Serve him in sincerity and in truth and put away the gods which your father served on the other side of the river and in Egypt. Serve the Lord. And if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your father served that were on the other side of the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, come on, somebody, we will serve the Lord. Let's go before the Lord in prayer. You can put these lights back up to you guys. Father, in the name of Jesus, we just invite your presence to be here this morning. Because, Lord, without your presence and without your anointing, these words are just meaningless. They're weightless. But when you breathe upon the word of God, you cause it to come alive. And I just pray in the name of Jesus that your presence would be here to bring revelation knowledge into the hearts of people. Father, we we want more of you. And Father, we want your word to work in our lives. We want the spirit to have reign that we might experience transformation. We just give you all the glory and all the honor. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. <clears throat> Well, last week, uh, well, I don't want to spend too much time, but just to give you a little recap and remind you, you can go on our website, you can go on iTunes or Podbean if you're an Android user, and you can download the message. I really want to challenge you to stay up with me on this message because I believe this is a game changer message for us, especially for some of us that have been a Christian a very long time, but you haven't got victory over stuff, but especially for those of us that have maybe been raised in church, but still have not experienced a lot of God and you've been at a certain level, this is going to be a game changer for you. So we're talking about as for me and my house. And we talked about last week uh, the importance of understanding what God was talking about here in Joshua 24 talked about the Israelites were experiencing incredible grace, living and reaping in which they did not build, plant or deserve. And this is a picture of our lives today. Every believer here is experiencing things that we do not deserve. We do not deserve to have the God of the universe answer our call. Come on, somebody. How many believe agree with me? We, we, don't, we don't deserve that. We don't deserve the way we all live our lives, myself included. I don't, I'm not holy enough on my own to be able to have God show up in my prayer closet and meet with me. I don't deserve that, and neither do you. I also don't deserve to be forgiven of things that I've done wrong, people that I've hurt, uh, uh, things that I've done against God, yet he gives me that forgiveness. And the Bible says he cast my sin into the sea of forgetfulness, remembering it no more. I don't deserve that. And neither do you. So this is a picture of where we're at today. Now, I don't say that to make you feel bad. I say that to get you to rejoice in this thing, to never forget how good it is to be a follower of Jesus Christ. And you need to remember how good it is to be a follower of Jesus Christ because every day people are trying to convince you how good it is to be a rank sinner, how good it is to sleep around with people that you're not married to. Oh, don't get quiet on me this morning. There, there's people all around telling, trying to tell you how good it is to get high, to get drunk, to get your groove on. So we need to remember how good it is to be a follower of Jesus Christ. 
that I get things that I don't deserve. I get to live in a life that I don't deserve. I didn't build for it. I didn't plant for it. But God deems to give me good things anyway. Can I get a good strong amen on that? So we talked about that last week. We also talked about that uh, in, in this time they began to experience mixture, gods and other gods. So the Israelites at that time began to pick up the ways of their forefathers, the way they were raised, the ways of their people. And yet they still called themselves followers of God, even though they were following more of their ancestors' ways. And we do this a lot today. And I like to say this before uh, all the time. Before I'm anything else, I'm a Christian. Before I'm a Mexican-American, I'm a Christian. Before I'm from the South Side, I'm a Christian. Before you're from the streets, you're a Christian. And we've got so many people that want to put other things before their Christianity. Well, you, that's not how I was raised. Well, my mama, you know, this, this is how we do in our house. Well, that don't count anymore. Now you're a Christian. Amen? Well, you don't understand. See, you know, I come from an African-American background, and this is how we do it. That doesn't matter anymore because now you're a Christian. Can, can you see what I'm saying here? So we do the same thing that Israel was doing. We're elevating other things, other idols, other ideologies above the ways of God. And we do this all the time. We have to be very careful of that. So we talked about that. We also talked about the other gods that people serve, like self, selfishness, uh, uh, lasciviousness, and, and, and people that have idols, things that we put before God. I'm not going to get into all that again. And then we finally got into the place where it's important that we understand we need to fear God, be concerned with pleasing him and obeying him talked about worshiping him. What does it mean to worship him? Worship is more than singing songs and lifting hands. Worship to God is, is, is getting before him and living for him in total commitment. And there's one way this can be measured because people say all the time, oh, I'm a worshiper. I'm a worshiper of the Lord. There's one way that this can be worship, that this can be measured, that we're truly following the Lord. And that is what we're doing to win souls and make disciples. You need to write that down. And I'll tell you why. Because it's too easy, and we've and for too long, people say, oh, I'm committed to God with no fruit. If you're committed to God, there'll be fruit. Remember, it's not just enough to go to church, to pay a tithe. We've got to have fruit in our lives. If you look back on my, my life, my 24-year journey serving God, every place I've lived, every place I've worked, every place where I've put my roots down, there are people, I've left the trail of fruit behind me. Okay? And that's not because I'm a pastor. Okay? That, I'm talking about outside of pulpit ministry. If you want to count pulpit ministry, it's a lot more than that. But just in, the, in my life, my, my time, there's a trail of lives and fruit that can be traced. Every believer here needs to have that. Are you making a mark uh, with people on your job? Are you, are you connecting people with God in your neighborhood, in your community? All these types of things. It needs to be happening. That's what me, it means to worship God. Because for too long, Christians are like, ah, I'm a worshiper. and got no fruit. Got no fruit. And those things need to change. Amen? So finally, we ended up talking about my house. And this is where I want to continue today. Now, there are three areas in the Bible that speak of our house. It's... 
it speaks about our house, our vessel, our body being the house of God or the temple of God. So we're going to talk about, as we talk in this message about as for me and my house, we're going to talk about the three areas that the scriptures talk about as a house. The first one being our body, our lives. We are a house of God. And we've got to be able to declare over our lives, our bodies, as for me and my house, my body, who I am, I'm going to serve God. The second area in scripture that it talks about our house, uh, and that, is, that has to do with our family. When Joshua declared as for me and my house, he was speaking about his family. So we're going to talk about the family in this series as well. And the third area it talks about in scriptures being the house of God is the church. The church, the local church, is also spoken of as being the house of God. And we need to let it be said, as for me and my house, everybody say my house, your church is your house. And we need to let it be said here, we're going to be about serving God. So we're going to go through those different things, but let me continue on what we left off last week talking about as for me and my house, okay? 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19, you can look on the screen here. It says this, oh, do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own? I'll say that again. You are not your own. This thing, uh, when we come into the body of Christ, it's important to know that you and I, uh, uh, we've been bought with a price. When we give our lives to Jesus, our life is no longer our own. We've given that over to Christ. It's been purchased. It's been bought. Okay. But it says here that our body is a temple. One translation says it is the house of the Holy Spirit. Genesis chapter one says, uh, gives us the, the, uh, understanding when man was created, he was created in the image of God. And we know through the scriptures that God is a triune being. He is father, he is son, and he is Holy Spirit. Are y'all tracking with me today? Come on, you were doing it all your whole life back in the day when you you do this in the church as Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and please forgive me, I always did it wrong anyway, and I, I still don't have that down. But as Father, Son, Holy Spirit, because of who God is, the three are one. And the Bible says that he created man in our image. So you and I, as a house, we are a three-pronged being. You need to understand this and you need to get this. This is basic, but you'd be surprised at how many Christians don't understand this basic truth. And we are a spirit that has a soul that lives in a body. We are a spirit. Genesis says God breathed into man and he became a living spirit, a living soul. Okay, and what does that mean? We are a spirit that has a soul, which is your mind, your will, and your emotions, and we live in the flesh, a body. Our body, this body that you have on today, is simply your earth suit. Amen? How many, have you seen a movie or anything like that where those guys go into space? They was getting ready to go into space again. Now they're going to they're take Mars. I don't know if you've been watching the news, but they're getting ready to send teams into Mars to colonate Mars someday, you know. But when they go into space, because that atmosphere is not conducive to, to the physical body, people have to put on a space suit. Come on, everybody tracking with me? You got to put on a space suit to live in that atmosphere. Well, in the earth realm, in order to live in the earth realm, we need an earth suit. And our earth suit 
is this body. Now, why is this so important? Why am I taking time to tell you this? It's because most of us live lives thinking that our house is us. And instead of owning our house, our house owns us. Now, how ridiculous would it be if I went over to talk to Eddie and I go over to his house and I get out of the car and instead of knocking on the door to locate Eddie, I sit down in front of his front door and I start talking to his house. And I start saying, hey, Eddie, man, you're looking good today, bro. You're getting a little bigger, though, but, you know, how's this rain affecting you? You're okay? How are you and Becky? Do-? That, would be, that would be ridiculous. Why? Because we all know his house is not him. He is inside of his house. His house is just the place where he dwells. Stay with me now. Stay with me. This is important to understand because most earth beings live thinking this house, this is them. Okay? And they never understand that the true them is on the inside. And this is what death is about because one day this earth suit is going to shut down and die. And the real you will not die. It will simply move on. And it will either go to a place that is called heaven where God dwells and the presence of God is there or it will go to another place that the scriptures call hell or Hades that is absent from the presence of God, which scripture describes as being a lake of fire. Now, I know that's not a popular message. People don't like to hear that, but it is what it is. Look at your neighbor and say, it is what it is. It is what it is. That's what the scriptures say. And so that's what's going to happen. Now, this body right here is simply going to go into the ground. And we, I know we spend a lot of money to put these, these houses in the ground. If you've ever buried anybody, it ain't cheap. And, and, and people get excited. Well, well do I, can, can we cremate? Well, it's cheaper. You do whatever you want. It's just a house. It's not you. It's, a, it's incredible when I go to the Philippines. Anybody's ever been to the Philippines? They have, on their cemeteries, this is, this is, religion is just crazy. In their cemeteries, uh, they, they give so much honor to the dead body that this, on the cemeteries, they build houses, okay? They build houses over the bodies so that the family can go and, and have drinks, have drinks, at the funeral site, celebrating the death once a year. It's crazy, I know, it's, it's crazy. So what's even more crazier is the dead people got better houses than the living people. Oh, oh yeah, I've seen them. I should have took some pictures while I was there. The team, you're going, you're going to see it, okay? Where I've even been, I saw some that even had air conditioning at the grave. Okay, and, and the family didn't have air conditioning. But the dead body where that's housed at, does. See, and what is that? That's people that don't understand the scriptures, that this thing you're we're walking around in, it's simply a earth suit. It is not you. Now, why is this so important? It's so important because, as I talked about last week, we are three-pronged beings, but the third prong of who you are does not come alive until you receive the revelation of Jesus Christ. So people that are not serving Jesus or have never asked Jesus into their lives are walking as fallen beings from Adam 
Because when Adam fell, he was a three-part being, but what he lost was his access to the spirit realm, which was his spirit. And the, body, and, and the Bible says that after they fell, all they were conscious of was their flesh. See, before they fell, they didn't know they were naked. They didn't know they didn't have clothes on. You want to know why? Because they weren't conscious of their flesh. They were conscious of their spirit. They were in the presence of God. The minute they fell, the Bible says they noticed they were naked and they went out and they hid themselves. Why? Because now man began to be self-conscious, flesh conscious, and the access to the spirit was cut off until Jesus came. And Jesus said, I come to restore all things back to the way they were. And the Bible says that when he died on the cross, the veil was torn in half. The Bible says that when Jesus died on the cross, defeated death, hell, and the grave, took back the keys, he gives us the ability to what? Be born again. And I told you last week, as the man asked Jesus, what are you talking about born again? Does that mean I have to get back into my mother's womb? And Jesus said, no, you nasty person. That's disgusting. <laughs> what are you talking about? No. He said, no, you don't have to do that. It's, he says, I'm speaking of the born again of the spirit to where when you receive me back, you get access to the spirit. And I picture it in my, in my mind that's been raised on television, that's been raised on movies. I picture that when a person comes up to the altar and they say the prayer, all of a sudden what happens behind them is Poo, their, their, their spirit man comes alive. And it just begins to, that, that, that spiritual heart begins to beat. And it begins to be their pumping. And now, check this out. Now they have their third and most powerful sense. Now the true them is alive. Now when they come to church, they understand. Now when they read the Bible, they go, oh, I get it. Now when they come around, there's a desire for the things of God. That's how powerful the new birth is. But most people, they don't realize it. And they don't realize it. And I'm not going to use these guys for too long, but my, my guys, come on back up here. Uh, I know Jesse's on the, on the back, so I won't call him up here. But Eddie, and, and come on back here again. Uh, Aaron, just real quick, I'll, I'll, put you, I'll put you back down here. And then Robbie, Robbie, come on up here real quick. And so last week I showed you that the way most people are, most Christians are, is they are, uh, they are the body is the strongest, their flesh. And then they have, uh, come on over here, uh, then they have a soul, okay, which is the mind, will, and emotions. That is second. And the smallest of the three is the spirit. It should be the biggest because the Bible says this. The Bible says God is spirit. And, I, and those that worship me must worship me in spirit and in truth. But if you've got a little spirit, guess what you have little access to? The spirit realm. If you've got a little spirit, guess what you got little access to? The spirit of God. And guess what dominates your life? The flesh, the soul. The goal is this, to raise up a breed of disciples where their spirit man is the biggest part of them. Where the soulish man is the second and the third begins to be the flesh. Because if you've got the flesh ruling your life, you're going to have a lot of headaches, baby. If you've got the flesh ruling your life, 
There's no wonder you don't understand the things of God. There's no wonder you can't break addictions. There's no wonder you can't uh, stay out of other people's beds. That's all I'm going to say on that. There's no wonder you can't get right. Amen? Look at the neighbor next to you and say, you better get right. Go ahead and sit down, all right? See, that wasn't so bad, Aaron. See, I, I did you right. I did you right, bro. Aaron was like, dang it again. I was praying for healing over him all week. I said, Lord, I pray he's he not hurt with last week. I praise God. But I needed to illustrate that because, listen, understand, it's important that we get this because most people, most Christians have little spirits and big flesh and big intellect and little spirits. With a little spirit, Proverbs says that the spirit is the candle of the Lord. Most of our candle is just flickering. And we wonder why we can't do spiritual things or understand spiritual things. And we're going to touch on that today. We've got to get you to understand what kind of house you are. You are a spirit that has a soul, a mind, will, and emotions, and lives in a body. I like to say it like this. Your soul is simply the computer. It's the computer of who you are. It's not who you are. Because some people are so intellectual, everything has to go in, in their, through their intellect first. Okay? You ever met somebody that was like a computer? Yeah. Like Spock? Rest in peace, Leonard Nimoy. Live long and prosper, or, or prosper, because he's not living long anymore. <laughs> Amen. I mean, listen, most people, I, I met people that are like Spock. Oh, don't get all hurt because I, I teased Spock right there. Some of y'all got on, man. Don't be messing with Spock, man. He's dead. I, I'm just saying. You ever met somebody that was like Spock? Emotionless? Lack of feeling? We've all met people like that. Some of you are like that. You just, you know, it is not, that is not logical, you know. You just like in that way, okay? Listen, uh, these, these things, we've got to get them in check. But you know what's incredible about this whole process? All three are valuable. We got to have an earth suit. So can't, we can't, you know, some, some uh, uh, theologians in the past, uh, uh, they, they, they despise the flesh. Some preachers speak against the flesh. Oh, you got to crucify the flesh. And the flesh is just the evilest thing. Well, let me tell you something. Not all flesh is bad. God's given you parts of the flesh to enjoy. Can I get a good amen on that? Yeah. You're glad we ain't a religious church. All the flesh, that's of the flesh, brother. I don't watch TV. That's of the flesh. <laughs> we don't go to baseball games or football games. You're just fleshly. See, that, that ain't us. Because all flesh ain't bad. Okay, God gave it to us. He doesn't mind that we entertain ourselves. God ain't mad when you're going to the movies. You know, preachers used to preach, you go to a movie, God ain't going in there with you. So I grew up like, really? So I'd be thinking, now nah, if I walk in the movie, Jesus is like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'll be here when you get out, but I ain't going, come on. What is that? What is that about? Preachers say, you, ain't, you go to the movie and Jesus comes, you ain't going in the rapture. Wouldn't that be jacked up? For a movie? Come on. Anyways, that's a whole other thing. But, but understand this. The reason I'm bringing this out, because you can't hate your flesh. You manage it. 
You don't hate it. Oh, that's fleshy. I'm, I'm not going to do it. See, when I first got saved, man, I attacked my flesh. Oh, I'm against the flesh. I threw away all my CDs and my music. I cried when I did it, too. Y'all know I love music. I had collections of stuff, man. Oh, and, and I got saved. I went hardcore. I went hardcore. Jesus saw you. If it ain't Jesus, I don't want it. I listened to a song, even Christian songs. If it was Christian, but they didn't say Jesus' name, I wasn't down with it. I didn't listen to that Amy Grant because she don't say the name of Jesus. So I wanted music that was just Jesus, Jesus. You know, I mean, I wanted all, I wanted all that stuff. I was overboard. I like what Pastor Cheeto says. I was oversaved. Too, saved too much, you know. And the thing about it, you know, you, you could be like that because we were taught sometimes to despise the flesh. Well, you can't despise the flesh. You need it. You can't despise the soul because you need it. Because when we got another brand of Christians out there that are so spiritual, but they ain't got no sense. <laughs> they got, they, 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 they spiritual all day. They will prophesy the paint off the walls, but you go over their house and they ain't cut their lawn in, in weeks. <laughs> Sister so-and-so will tell you what the, the, the beasts of the apocalypse mean, but you jump in her car and she can't clean that car. <laughs> And she ain't got a man either. <laughs> Why? Because they ain't got no sense. Not that if you don't have a man, you don't have sense. That's a whole other thing. <laughs> you understand what I'm talking about here. I, I'm having somebody in mind when I was going there. That's why I said that. <laughs> she ain't here. That's a long time ago. But, but listen, you know, li li listen, listen. It, we can't just be all spirit that we don't and despise our soul. Because there's some people like that. I've heard pre pastors preach to their people, don't, go, don't send your kids to college. Because if you send them to college, they'll just talk them out of their faith. Oh, yeah, I've heard preachers say that. And because it's happened. It's happened. The, the, the statistics in America are most 18-year-olds, when they leave church, they never return. They never return. Kids go to college and lose their faith. You want to know why? Because they build up their soul and their spirit stays very little. And they hear things in college that challenge their faith. But because they haven't built their faith, they start questioning it. Oh, my gosh. Then maybe we did come from monkeys. What? <laughs> then maybe there was a big explosion that caused every little animal on the earth to exist. What? It takes more faith to believe those things than it does that a God that created it. But because we send our kids into university with itty-bitty spirits, they can't handle all the knowledge that they get in the soul. Are you tracking with me? And so preachers would get up and say, you, you know, don't, you don't send your kids, send them to Bible college. Because if they just get those, those colleges or turn our kids against God, not if we teach them right. And so literally, so Pentecostal movements, many Pentecostals stop sending their kids to school, to college. Well, we don't want the world's knowledge. No, we, listen, you need some sense though. And you need education. You just need a spirit that can govern what it receives as truth. This is good preaching. I hope I'm helping you here. Okay? So, so we can't despise the three. We need all three. The problem has, is we've got to put the house in order. In order. That's all it is. Most of you are just out of order. Just out of order. I know, it's funny, but it's true. We're just out of order. We got the house telling the spirit what to do. The spirit says, hey, because it's got a real little voice. Hey. 
it's church. And the flesh says, man, shut up. I ain't getting out of this bed. Uh-uh. I'm sleeping. But, but, but. <laughs> and that battle's over. That battle's over. The flesh says, hey, 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 you shouldn't go out with that girl. The flesh says, man, you ain't seen this girl, have you? Spirit, you don't got eyes? You better shut up. You see what I'm saying? It's how the thing works. The, most people's houses are governing the thing. It don't make no sense. Eddie Cobb didn't go out and talk to his house. Okay, house, what am I going to do today? No, he'd be, he'd be off. We need to put him away, Rebecca. We need to find a good loony bin and lock him up. If he did that. Some of you are getting scared. If he did that. Some of you are like, really? Dang. Okay. But it's funny. But this is how a lot of us are living our lives. And if it's not the flesh uh, telling you everything, you're living off of your computer. Your computer's in control. I don't understand that, therefore I can't receive it. Things like tongues. Well, that's a big one in, the, in church in America today. Oh, the, I, I don't understand tongues. And so people have put doctrines together that say that has passed on. That is no longer a part of the Christian experience. That died away with the original 12 apostles. Well, how'd they get that? A computer in somebody, somebody that was a computer that couldn't wrap his mind around how it works, excused it and built a doctrine around it. You see, there are so many spiritual experiences that you can't explain that you just need to accept by faith. And I was with, I was in Malaysia and I know we've talked about this before here and the gentleman I was, I was tag teaming with that we did a prophetic uh, uh, workshop with, his name is Mario Alinas and he's from Greece and we were doing this workshop afterwards we were talking and he goes, man, have you ever had this happen? I was like, what? He goes, man, I get that gold thing. I get that gold dust thing on me. I was like, no way. He goes, ah, oh, dude, it's crazy. Okay, I go, well, what happens? He goes, man, I go up to preach, and all of a sudden, right when I'm about to get up there, I feel this stuff in my hands. I look down, and it's gold dust all on me. I go, really? He goes, yeah, and by the time I'm done preaching, it's all over me and stuff. I'm like, what? He goes, yeah, you know, I've, made a lot of, I've not been invited back to a lot of preachers' house, churches because they don't like that. I'm like, really? Why don't they like that? Well, because they don't understand it. It scares them. You know what that tells me? Preacher that is run by his understanding and anything he can't understand, he resists. That's a problem. Because how many of you know God is bigger than us? His thoughts are way beyond my thoughts. I can't, if, if I got to reduce God to me understanding him, we're in trouble. But a lot of churches do that. Why? Because the computer's in control. It's not logical. Why would God put gold dust? What does that do? How come people, that doesn't make people get saved? I don't know what it does. But if God's doing it, then let it be done. I ain't got a problem with it. I ain't got a problem with it. He also goes, man, another thing, he pulled out this gem. Check this out. It was like a little red ruby like that. If you could see that. Like that. It's a little thing. Okay. He goes, man, these show up sometimes in my meetings. I'll be preaching. I look down at my pulpit and there's a little ruby. I was like, no way. He goes, yeah, man, it just happens. I was like, why? He goes, I don't know. <laughs> and you know what was funny? The I don't know was good enough for him. You know what else is funny? The I don't know was good enough for me. Because I don't got to understand every little thing about God. 
Why? Because I'm called to walk by faith, not by sight. Amen? Amen? So in American churches today, we've got churches that they'll get up and say, no, 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 don't, don't pray in tongues. Don't pray in tongues because that's just going to scare people and they won't ever come back to your church. Okay. But yet the Bible says that tongues is a sign to the unbeliever. That's what the Bible says. But, to, but when we read that, that doesn't make sense to us. You know what makes sense? Yeah, that is kind of weird. I don't want my unsaved friends knowing I do that. So I'll put that in the back room and just do that there. That makes a lot of sense. And I'll even tell you this. I don't think that's completely wrong. We need to have wisdom. But the Bible says tongues is a sign to the unbeliever. I don't understand it, but it's there. So what does that tell me? I got to accept that even though my computer doesn't quite understand it. Can I get an amen on that? There are things in the Bible that our computer doesn't quite understand, like giving. Okay? How is it that God's word says give and it'll come back to you, pressed down, shaken together, running over? More than you gave. That's what the Bible says. Most people have, a lot of people have been saved 10, 15 years, and they still don't tithe or give because they can't wrap their brain around the fact that that's true. They're still thinking giving is a minus. When the Bible says giving is multiplication back. And so we stop there. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I don't understand that. I don't make sense to me. Therefore, I won't do it, nor will I receive it. And we stop. And then preachers that build churches, they tell them, don't spend too much time on the offering because it will offend the soul of man. Well, part of that is true. And I, you, you know, we don't, we don't take 30-minute offerings here, and we don't speak about it in messages all the time. But I tell you this, we've got to put it out enough because it's a truth in God's word. So there's a balance to that, but we can't be afraid of it. Are you tracking with me today? We've got to get things in order. All right? So let me leave you with this today. There are, there are uh, three types of Christians in the body of Christ today. And I, want, and I want to share these with you. We're going to talk about these today. And you already know what they are. The first one is the fleshly Christian, or as the word of God calls them, the carnal Christian. Okay? Galatians chapter 5, 16 through 21. Now you are probably, if you're a believer in the house today, you're one of these type of Christians. The goal is to be the last type. So if I'm speaking right at you, that's okay. Just smile, you know, don't get too mad. Don't make faces at me because we'll know that I'm just disturbing your demons. Amen. And we don't, we don't want to do that. We're just trying to help you here. We're not pointing fingers. We're not putting down. We're exposing so we can change. Can I get a good amen on that? Amen. So number one is the carnal Christian, okay? This is the kind of Christian where the house that you live in is running things. Remember, we said last week, the carnal Christian, all the flesh wants to do is eat, sleep, have sex, and be entertained. That's it. And I just described some of your nephews. Hopefully not your sons and daughters, but you might even be in some of those too. That's all they want to do. All our flesh wants to do. Let, let me tell you that. That's all every single one of us, if we're left to our flesh, me included, that sounds like a good day. Eat, sleep, have sex, come on, and be entertained. That's a vacation right there. 
And listen, that's not saying those are bad things. It's bad when that's all you want to do. Or that's all you want to do the majority of the time. Because those things I just mentioned, they're necessities. Did you know they're necessities? Okay. Sex is a necessity within the bounds of marriage. It's not a necessity when you're single. That's why there are sexually transmitted diseases. That's why there are emotional scars. That's why there are things out there that will harm you if you have sex outside of marriage. Sex becomes destructive outside of the bounds of marriage. So singles, you got to quit listening to your favorite rap artists and your favorite R&B artists and your favorite movie star that's jumping in and out of beds. You live by that, you're going to pay the price. Because sex was designed within the confines of marriage. And the married people said, Amen. all right, you should have said it happier than that because you get to have it. <laughs> I got one Ric Flair woo back there. Praise good. Good on you. Good on you. If I wasn't holding this mic, I'd have been doing cartwheels. Yeah. Galatians 5, 16 through 21, it says this. Paul says, I then, I say then, walk in the spirit and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh, listen to this, lusts against the spirit. One translation says it wars against the spirit. And the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another so that you do not do the things that you want to. But if you are led by the spirit, you're not under the law. Look at verse 19. Now the works of the flesh are evident. This right here speaks of how you know if you're a carnal Christian. You have these things in your life. Get ready. Say ouch in advance. Ready? One, two, three. Ouch. Let's just get it over with. Let's not try to, well, that's not me. No, it's all of us. Amen? Look at the person next to you and say, he's talking about you right now. Just get it out there. Just get it over with. So you ain't got to throw me amens like I'm not talking to you. Amen, pastor. Amen. Preach this for all these fools right here. Say this so my wife will hear it. No, no. It's for you. It's for you, okay? All right, listen. So now the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanliness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousy, all right, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murder, drunkenness, revelries and the like of which I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in time past, listen to this, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, granted, that doesn't say will not go to heaven. The kingdom of God that it's talking about is God's, oh, you've got to remember this, God's way of doing things. When you see the kingdom of God in the word of God, it means God's way of doing things. So what it's saying there is those that practice these things will never learn God's way of doing things. How many Christians do we have like this? They just don't get it. They don't get it. They're excited they're going to heaven, but they're all jacked up while they're on earth. Mean, angry, gossipers, backbiters, non-givers, non-servers, talking about I'm going to church and I'm happy about it, but you're all jacked up. It happens. People live like this. Now, that said a lot of things in there. And so many of us at first glance, we can go, well, I'm not doing sorcery. Praise God. It's not me. <laughs> I quit that a long time ago. 
and I'm not, you know, I'm not doing any of these heresies and stuff. No, but let me break it down to four areas that it's basically talking about when it talks about the works of the flesh. All these categories are broken down into this sexual things, witchcraft or controlling, selfishness and destructive behavior. Yeah, it got a lot quieter in here now. <laughs> Because some of us are all up in that. Let's look at the first things it says. Adultery, fornication, uncleanliness, and lewdness. That word lewdness there means this. Being lustful or sexual in an offensive way. That's our, that's our American culture today. That's the fashion industry. That's Forever 21 right there. <laughs> Come on, I don't know what the lady stores are. I was going to say Wet Seal. Is that still around? Is Wet Seal still around? They had that at Florin Mall back in the day. <laughs> okay, so it's, uh, lewdness is to be less for sexual in an offensive way. You know what that means, ladies? You putting it out there to get looks. I'm just going to let that marinate right there, nice and soft, like a nice piece of meat right there. Just let that, just take that in right there. Because, you know, we live in an age of grace, and we know, you know, we, we, we left the day of where the woman couldn't wear makeup. Amen. Thank God we left that day. Somebody say amen. <laughs> Thank God we left that day. We left the day where the woman had to wear long skirts everywhere she went. Amen. How many are glad we, we left that day? Yeah. You can get some fashion, rock some shoes and, and some pants. And, and see, you know, some of you, that, that's a reality. My mom grew up like that in the church. They couldn't wear makeup. My, my Thea's here remembers those days. You couldn't wear, you couldn't be fashionable. My, my Thea's real fashionable. She got the jewelry on because she, you know, they rocked that because they couldn't back in the day. But we left that. But we've gone to the other side to where we're not like, hey. <laughs> God looks at the heart. Man looks on the outside. So I'm going to get me a man. <laughs> I mean, it's crazy in society today. This used to be a good picture. <laughs> now we got these shots. <laughs> if this your best quality, you got some problems. Because the last time I checked, that's still a butt. <laughs> and this is a face. If you're a believer, you should not take pictures like that. <laughs> I know, I know, I feel a brick spirit coming in here. But can we handle this today? Can we just handle it? Call it what it is, because the Bible says that's being lewd. Lustful with an offensive, in an offensive way. What is the offensive way? You're on the offense. I want, I'm coming at you. And I got a low cut shirt on and I got a tight skirt. I'm coming at you. You know what's even crazier is when married women are doing that. Yeah, just, just, just come to the marriage awakenings because we have some married women that act that way still. Okay, that's your man's goods right there. Yeah. Good job, women. I was like, <laughs> if, that, if your woman just said amen, you take her out to lunch. <laughs> Treat her good because they get that. That's right. This is my man's. <laughs> this ain't for everybody. <laughs> amen? Yeah. For your eyes only. Sheena Easton, come on. 
Y'all don't know who that is anyway. So adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness. We have Christians that still, single people, serve Jesus, still struggle in this area. And it's accepted now. It's accepted. Like, well, you know, I heard parents, well, you know, that young people, they just going to do it anyway. Not if we teach them who they are. Not if we teach them who they, how they're built. They are not their house. Their flesh does not call the shots. I don't care how you're feeling. You are a spirit, and the spirit dictates. Amen? Amen. The spirit says, I will not sin against God. See, because the spirit has the power to resist the temptation. You put the spirit in charge, what did Paul say? It's the spirit that gives you the ability to, to not be under the law. See, under the law, you just sinned and you paid the consequences. You sinned and then you gave the offering and you got forgiveness. That was the, how the law works. Under grace, remember, grace is divine enablement. Grace is that jacket, that coat we wear. Without that coat, I'm susceptible to temptation. With that grace coat on, I become like Superman and I could get to step in when the scene gets too hot. Amen? Amen. When you ain't got that coat on and you're with your girlfriend and you start cuddling up, cupcaking, and you kissing, and well, first it's a peck, and then it's a longer peck, and then the hands start going, and your spirit is saying, you better run, you better run, this ain't right, Jesus is here, he doesn't want this, it's a small spirit. <laughs> See, that's when you need a big spirit to go, no, do not sin against your God. Do not defile this woman that you say you love. And you say, I got to go. I got to go, baby. I got to go. I got to go. I I really got to (laughs) go. Amen. Parents, we got to teach our kids. We got to teach our kids these things. Okay. So sexual adultery, fornication, uncleanliness, uncleanliness, lewdness, lustfulness in an offensive way. Those are acts of works of the flesh. Okay. We got to guard against those. Okay. Number two, the second area was witchcraft. And I was talking about idolatry, sorcery. Remember, I've already taught you what witchcraft witchcraft is. Witchcraft is controlling other people. Okay. If you're a wife and you manipulate your husband through emotion, the Bible says that's witchcraft. And those that practice witchcraft are called witches. I'm going to do the matrix and dodge that one. I'm going to just let that one go right there, and I'm going to keep on preaching, okay? Because some people manipulating control their spouse, oh, here's another one, their kids. Mijo, no, you need to be here for that. No, you don't love me. You don't care about me. Mom, you're manipulating your kids. You are practicing witchcraft. And people that practice witchcraft are called witches, Men can also manipulate too, so don't be like yaying me too strong there. Men that practice witchcraft are called warlocks. That's a much uglier name. <laughs> because men can manipulate their wives just as well, can manipulate their kids, can manipulate people around them. That's what, how do you know you're manipulating? You use anger to get your way. You use tears to get your way. You use words to get your way. Well, you don't love me. And young people, you ain't exempt either. Mom says, no, you can't have those Jordans. You don't care about me. (laughs) And then we start throwing stuff. Well, if I had a dad, he would get me Jordans. (laughs) 
that's real right there. That's real. And then poor mom gets manipulated. She goes out and buys them. And he's in the room. Ha ha, Jordan. <laughs> Amen. I'm talking about I love Jesus. I just, I'm on fire for Jesus. Quit manipulating people. Just keep going. Amen. I'm almost done. I know you're getting mad. That's all right. I love you. <laughs> Selfishness. Selfishness is the next thing under that. Uh, at, at carnal Christians are very selfish. Very selfish. Some Christians are so selfish. If you don't do what they want, they leave. If you don't make them feel good, they leave. They can't take, see, they can't take the word of God in, in good doses, in healthy doses. Why? Because they're so uh, about themselves. And, here, and look what it says about uh, the, the things of hatred under, under a car carnality. It says um, things of selfishness, I should say. Number one, if you're given to hatred, if you're a hater. If you're a hater, that's a work of the flesh. I can't stand that dude. You're a hater, which means you're carnal. And you may be going to heaven, but you ain't never going to see the kingdom of God in your life. And that's a sad thing. It's a sad thing. So you keep hating on people. I don't understand why people can't stop talking bad about other people. Just quit it. It's wrong. We keep going. Contentions. That's another thing. Why you everything? Some, you ever meet those people? Everything's an argument. Everything's an argument. You walk into the office. Oh, cool. They painted that. That looks stupid. <laughs> Really? I just said I liked it. And you got to come out with stupid. You could have just said, eh, it's all, you know, it's nice, you know, but we got to contend. So I got to throw my opinion up and challenge yours. Contentious. Yeah. Bible has a lot to say about contentious wives. Yeah. That it's better for a man to dwell upon the rooftop in the rain in a corner than dwell. I mean, went, I went deep with that. <laughs> I painted a picture of it. Like, really? Then to be married to a contentious wife. So we, here's what we do as Christians. We try to fix the works of the flesh when all Paul says is quit being carnal and run to develop your spirit. Okay? Amen? So, so hatred, haters, contentious, argumentative people, always got a problem, always got a problem with the preaching, always got a problem with who's in charge, always got a problem with their spouse. Listen, you know, and you, don't, you can't just say, oh, I'm going to work on that. It'll never leave until you stop making your house, your flesh, the king. Paul says the solution is elevate the spirit, man. Walk in the spirit, and that stuff just stops happening. Amen? Okay, jealousy is another one. Jealousy. It don't make no sense to be jealous of your brethren. Okay? Celebrate people's victories. Outbursts of wrath. If you got an anger problem, this is a good sign that you are very carnal. Now, understand this. Many of our anger problems are stem from traumatic experiences in our life. So those of us that maybe didn't go through traumatic experiences, it's really easy for us to just point fingers. We have to get to the place to where we're sympathetic and understand, dang, you know, there's an anger problem there. The problem is not the anger. The problem is the pain. You deal with the pain, the anger leaves. The problem with most people with an anger problem, listen, they don't want to deal with the pain. They want to ignore the pain because it hurts. And so as long as you ignore the pain, the anger doesn't leave. You'll grow old angry. You'll grow old having that thing. So the, the challenge is deal with the pain 
let God heal the pain, the anger will leave. Because as long as there's uh, these outbursts of anger and anger problems, it, it locks you into the flesh and it causes you to be self-controlled. I mean, in the negative sense. In other words, it has to do with me. Everything has to do with me, not self-control in the right way, but, you know, self-dictating, I should say. Let me keep going here. I'm almost done. Uh, uh, selfish ambitions, okay? That's another thing. Selfish ambition is you just always trying to get ahead. It's got to be about you, you, you. If you're in the church and we don't elevate your gift, well, you leave the church. Why? Because it's all about you. Yeah, that's good preaching. Okay. Um, if, if, if you don't get your way at work, you quit your job and you go somewhere else. Why? Never once praying about where do you, God, where do you want me? God don't always want you number one. Sometimes God wants you number nine, 10, or 11. You'll be more blessed number 11 than you will be fighting your way to be number one. See, some people, they want to be up here in the front when God wants them in the back. Your place might be to be in the nursery. Did you know you'll get more blessings flowing to your life serving in the nursery than you will being the head of this or that or holding a microphone or singing on stage if that's where God wants you? The problem is when the flesh is in control, we don't hear from God. Because the Bible says God is spirit, and those who connect with him, commune with him, do so through the spirit. Are you getting this? I hope I'm not overloading you. Let me finish this up, and we're done. So jealous, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissension, people that cause division. You're a carnal Christian. The last area there is destructive, destructive behaviors, envy, Murders. Everybody goes, well, praise God, I'm not that. Let me tell you something. The Bible says that out of the mouth comes the power of life and death. Some of you are straight murderers in this place because you cut people up with your words. You just, you're just a murderer. Murder was the case that they gave you because you, you just murdering folks. Come on. They, you should get a shirt that says Murder, Inc. Come on. Because you just cut people up. Oh, why got to talk about everybody? Why can't you just sit around and say good things about folks? So we think, oh, I'm not murdering anybody. If life and death are in the power of the tongue, what's been coming out of you has been killing folks. Because words have power. Yeah, but they don't hear what I'm saying. Words have power. Regardless of it, it goes into the atmosphere. That's what cursing is. That's what blessing is, pronouncement of words. So if I go home and I talk bad about Cheeto all the time, that Cheeto, he's this, he's that. He don't hear me, but I'm still cursing him. Yeah. I'm murdering him with my words. And we live in a day and age where people, they just live like that. Sit around the table and cut their pastor up to death, to shreds. Well, I don't think he should have said that. Well, he thinks he sometimes, I blah, blah, just, you know, hey, pray for me. Yeah. Don't murder me. <laughs> You know, we, we do that with people in authority. You go in the break room talking about their boss. You know, they, women do this. Guys do this. Go to, their, go to work and cut their murder their wife. My wife is tripping. She's a boo, boo, boo. It's that time of the month. Boo, 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 boo. And da, da, da. And you're just murdering folks. That's a work of the flesh. Drunkenness. Okay? Destructive behavior. You could throw in there getting high, doing drugs, all that kind of stuff. All right? If you leave the flesh in control... These are the things you're going to have in your life. Period. Even though you love Jesus, even though you go to church, even though you've got your card to get into heaven, 
These things will stay in your life. And you will wonder why you don't have the kingdom of God ruling and reigning in you. So look at 1 Corinthians 3, 1 through 4. It says this. Paul writes and he says, and I, brethren, you can look on the screen behind me. And I, brethren, could not speak to you as to spiritual people, but as to carnal, as to babies in Christ. I fed you with milk and not with solid food. For now, until now, you weren't able to receive it. And even now you're still not able, for you're still carnal. You, for, for where there are envy, strife, divisions among you, you're not carnal and behaving. You are not carnal and behaving like mere men. For when one says, I'm of Paul and another of Apollos, are you not carnal? Paul's rebuking. He's saying, man, you guys got to get it together. Got to get it together. He goes, because if you don't get it together, I can't preach you. I can't give you the meat of the word. I got to give you the milk. And listen, I love the body of Christ. So I'm not a critic of the body of Christ. But in America today, you know what has happened in our churches in America is we have had to dumb the gospel down so much and make Sunday mornings a milk giving session because we have so many carnal Christians that can't handle the meat of the word. Some of us in this room won't come back because you got offended about something I said because you, you, you couldn't handle the meat. Well, that wasn't right that he said that. I don't agree with that. Well, okay. You know what I would say? Eat the meat, spit out the bones. Because the good meat always got bones. Isn't that right, Butcher? The best cuts, the best cuts got that little bone in it. Got a little bone too, that T-bone. That's what makes the meat good. Well, I don't like bones in my meat. <laughs> then stay on that low-grain chuck. <laughs> Amen? You stay on that rump roast. That's right. Whatever cuts there is there. Keep eating that pork butt. All right. We just need to learn it to see. And mature believers can, can go, oh, man, I'll just spit that out. I know what he was trying to say. Because, you know, pastor will be saying some stuff. I know I do. I go home and pray. Pray for me. <laughs> then when he leaves me, I go, dang, did I say that? Lord, I pray somebody will come back. But, but Paul says here, Paul says here, you got to be able to handle me. And in America today, we have just, we have just said, well, most believers are carnal. So we're just going to tell them you can do it. God is with you. Don't worry. Stay with it. He loves you no matter what. Hallelujah. Keep going. God wants you happy. God wants to bless you with money. God wants to do things for you. And everybody gets excited. Yay! And they still go home murdering folks with their mouth. Still go home. Can't stay out of each other's beds. We still practice an idolatry, witches in the marriage, you know. And we come back to church every week. Give us some more milk. Tell us how good life can be. Tell us nice things. Tell us God wants to bless my life instead of really going, boom, give me kingdom. Give me kingdom. Give me kingdom. How's the kingdom work? Well, the kingdom works when I serve. Okay, I'm going to serve. The kingdom works when I give. Okay, I'm going to give. The kingdom works when I crucify the flesh. Then darn it, let the flesh be crucified because I know in order for my marriage to work, I need the kingdom. 
I know that in order that I don't mess up my kids' lives through the weaknesses in my life, God's got to teach me the kingdom. I know that if I'm going to have a good life, I better get the kingdom. Are you tracking with me today? But we've got to put things in perspective and we've got to move out of being ran by the flesh because you'll go to heaven, but you'll live like hell until then. And you'll be on your second or third marriage and you'll raise kids that don't live with their dad and you'll be broke when you should be rich. You'll miss destiny because you've never been able to overcome these things. We got to get out of our carnal thinking because carnal thinking, the flesh rules everything. Carnal people will wait in line two hours at Disneyland. Did you just say, hey? <laughs> Jessica, don't, don't provoke me. <laughs> I love Disneyland. That is your, that, well, hallelujah. <laughs> I love Disney. We, we love Disneyland. Don't, I mean, we, our family loves it. So don't be offended. But I'm going to go there. Because we'll go wait two hours in a line at Disneyland to ride our favorite ride, and we can't sit in church and hear a 45-minute word. I see you watching that clock. I hope he's wrapping this up right now. I hope he's getting ready to come in for a landing, Pastor, because you're going, you're going long today. But you're in that line at Disney. Hey, it's a small world. Sweating all hot, all hot, makeup all running, just out with the Mickey ears on and everything. What you happy about? What you happy about? It ain't happy. Waiting in a line for three hours to get on a 10-minute ride. Not even, thank you. One minute is average. You know? she, she, she knows. She's all 59 seconds, except for the Matterhorn. No. What, movies are getting longer in Hollywood. Y'all notice that? I think Transformers was like three and a half hours this last one that came out. They should, they should have made that a series right there. Movies are getting longer. Sermons are getting shorter in America. And we'll sit there three and a half hours. Don't matter what's going on in our life. Eating the popcorn. <laughs> and then leave the movie and go, it was all right. But you sat there through the whole thing. Okay? But we come to church, it's like, oh, we better move this along here. Uh, okay, pastor. See, because that's, we just carnal. So most churches, we want to try and get you in and out in an hour. And you know we, how we do here. I don't ever go. We, 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 we keep this thing as tight as we can because we respect your time. We're not going back, back old school. Okay? But in most churches, they want to go in and out in an hour. In and out in an hour. That means this. Women spend more time preparing to go to church than they spend at church. And they're happy about it. Come on, the least you could do, if you're going to get dressed, keep me here a little while, Pastor, so people can at least see me. Hey. No, I don't know, I don't know. You see, you see, it doesn't make sense, does it? It doesn't make sense. So a woman will get up two hours early, get herself all nice looking good, praise God, and then come to church and want to be out of there in 45 minutes to an hour. Why? What's that about? It don't make no sense. But it's because 
the carnal man. Come on, play the keys for us so people get happy. The carnal man. <laughs> the carnal man, okay? The carnal man's running things. And I'm telling you, as long as he's running things, your life will be a mess. Your life will consist of these things in Galatians chapter 5. I want to challenge you this week in your devotionals. Go over those things. They're in your life. They're in my life. I deal with them. I deal with them. I was very vulnerable up here with the married couples on Friday and just say, hey, man, we got, I deal with stuff too. We all do. Why? Because we wrestle against the flesh. You know what it also says in that scripture that we read that literally the spirit and the flesh war. They war. They fight each other. One translation says the flesh cannot receive the things of the spirit. It just doesn't get it. And that's why some of you, if I can just say this bluntly, you just don't get it. You keep doing the things that God says not to do. You keep going around the same people. You can't break off of your old friendships, your old addictions. It's because you don't get it. You want to know why? Because you're letting your house dictate your life. You're letting the earth suit speak too much. It's just the earth suit. We got to tell it what to do. It doesn't tell it us what to do. Because when it speaks, all it's going to tell you is, hey, let's go get something to eat. Let's take a nap. Let's get some rest. Now, those things aren't bad. But it's going to tell you, hey, let's go have some sex. And let's just entertain. And as I said, those four things, those are necessities of the human person. We all need that. But we don't be led by those things. We've got to be led by God. Let's stand on our feet today. I kept you a little long. Listen, we usually, our goal is to get you out of here by 1145, you know, and that's, and that's what we're going to try to do. It's, that's an hour and 45 minutes of, of God time on Sundays. I think that's very doable. We'll, we'll never be that church that'll just keep you here for keeping you here sake. You know, we've had, a, we've gone a couple long times when Pastor Kirk was here. He broke the record right there. But you know what? That was good for us. And I was so proud of y'all because even when I dismissed the service, y'all stayed over for 45 more minutes and got prayer. I pray we never lose that hunger for God. I pray we're never that church that puts the egg timer on and goes, okay, boop, go. God, you got to move in this time right here. You know, I understand there's reasons we got to do that. People, churches that have multiple services got to get in and out and things. And those are good reasons because you want to reach more people. But let it not be the condition of our heart that we can sit through a four-hour movie and not take a 45-minute word from the Lord. That, you know, we can sit through a game that lasts four hours, but we can't spend 15 minutes in our devotionals. See, we spend so much time trying to fix the works of the flesh. Paul says you're wasting your time. Simply walk in the Spirit. And what he's saying there is simply crown your spirit man king and the rest will stop. And next week, don't miss it. Don't miss it. Listen, please, I, I, you need to get this word inside of you. It's, it's a whole thing God is speaking. Next week, we're going to get into how to get the, the, the spirit on top, the king. Because if we can crown your spirit king, the other things will begin to stop happening. My wife needs me to crown my spirit king. Your wife needs you to be crown your spirit king. Your kids need it. And that doesn't mean you're going to be perfect because we still mess up. We're still, we still got an earth suit and it still speaks. 
we still have issues from the past that we're dealing with. So I'm not promising you perfection, but I am telling you, I am promising you. Do we shut down there? You can, okay. Oh, okay. I am telling you, I am telling you that if you get in that spirit, it changes things. I want everybody to just bow your head and close your eyes right now. Because there's some of us here and you're not even serving Jesus. And as I told you at the beginning of my message, without making Christ king and asking him into your life, you're only a two-part being, a, spirit, a soul and a body. Today, the Holy Spirit wants to breathe on you and Jesus wants to come in and awaken your spirit. I got to ask this question. Just keep your eyes closed for a moment. Maybe you're here and this is your moment. This is your time. If you've never made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, it's no coincidence that you're here today. It's no coincidence that God spoke about these things that are ruling your life. It's time for you to rule over them. If you're here and you say, Pastor, I'm ready to make Jesus Lord of my life. I'm ready for my spirit man to take control. I want to pray with you today. Just slip up a hand right now. I want to, we want to pray with you. Yes, I see that hand over there. Yes, anybody else? Yes, 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 yes. Anyone else? Anyone else? Praise God, praise God. I want you to do one other thing right now. If you raised your hand, I want you to get out of your seat and I want you to just come over here to the front and Pastor Cheeto, we're gonna pray with you and, and we're gonna set this thing right. Come on, give them a good hand as they come right now. God bless you, God bless you, God bless you. God bless you, man. Hallelujah, hallelujah. God bless you. God bless you. We're going to get this thing right. Yes, yes. God bless you. All right. I'm going to just pray a prayer, and then Pastor Cheeto is going to take you right over here to the side, and he's going to talk to you and pray with you. Let's pray with them right now. In the name of Jesus, Father, we just pray for these that you brought to church today to hear this word. Lord, you want to provide answers to where they are in life. In this day, Lord, may they always remember as their spiritual birthday, the day, Lord God, that they've recommitted or for the first time are committing. I pray that you would breathe life into their house, their flesh, and bring their spirit man alive. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Just step over to the side there. Pastor Cheeto is going to... Let's give them a good hand as they, as they come. The rest of you, listen, if you need prayer for anything, I'll be here for a little while. But I just want to challenge you. Get back here next Sunday. This is not the time to take the vacation. Get the word. I'm telling you, I believe this revelation is a game changer for us. If we get this on the inside of us, we can shake some of the things that we've been dealing with for a lifetime. Amen. Father, we bless every person that is here. I ask that you give them an incredible week. Confirm the word this week. Let them see the word for themselves, that it is time for them to crown the spirit king and the house the house. Father, we pray that you would teach us to walk in the spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. God bless you guys. Amen.